Daniel Bryan's dude. Eric Rowan, yeah. Eric Rowan, and then it's, fuck. Randy Orton. No, no, there's somebody between Randy Orton, because there's five of them. Hmm. Wow. My brain is going. We are going to have to do this part over. Let it's me look. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Who is it? Fucking, I can't remember. It's not Randy Orton. Oh, Samoa Joe. Sam- oh, duh. Duh. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll, let's start over. You Do you want to say all I'll the names? I'll do it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Three. Well, can you tell me what I said leading into it? And welcome to WrestleSplania, the show where wrestling enthusiast Kath Barbadoro introduces wrestling to me, Rachel Millman, a new fan. Hi, Rachel. Hi. How are you? I'm good. We're recording this in your apartment. I know. Which is fun. I, I'm very excited about it. I know. We've been doing, we've been switching it out more and more. I, so people don't understand the struggle that goes into making this podcast because we don't live that far apart, like as the crow flies, but it, it takes like an hour to get between our houses. Yeah. It's like a commute. So yeah, <laughs> it actually the things we do for you. more dedicated to it. <laughs> exactly. And we're going so, to the gym after this, which is exciting. It's true. Yeah. So we're being good, but yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate you making the commute this time instead of instead of me, and I got to be lazy because uh, I went out last night and got very drunk, and I'm still kind of hungover even though it is eight o'clock at night. So <laughs> that just means you're thirty. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> like I haven't I haven't been drinking a lot lately. Like I just have not had a lot of alcohol in the last like four or five months. So uh, I get drunk very quickly now. It's so cheap. <laughs> it's so cheap. Like you know uh, But it turns everyone... out it wasn't cheap because I got drunk very quickly and then just didn't stop and yeah. spent more money. So yeah. it's fine. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. You know, like everyone in college was like, oh, two beer queer. It's like, no, that's the best thing to be. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's 100% the best. <laughs> like it's way more dangerous because you're going to spend more money on food. But like, yes. Oh, no, you had French fries. Well, that. So I didn't spend money on food last night, which was good, but I did get home at 2.30 in the morning and make food and then (laughs) fell asleep before I cleaned up. And then I woke up late this morning and I felt really bad because my roommates had to like clean up my like drunk food, like aftermath, which couldn't have been particularly tidy because I was also drunk. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, you buy them fries. Yeah. I said, sorry. Like, it's okay. But I just like. I feel bad. I don't like being the person that does that, but it we, happens. We went to the premiere of the, uh, one of the, oh, not the premiere, a screening of the Longmont Potion Castle documentary last night. Yeah. And I now it was we good. are wearing matching shirts unintentionally. You, so we, it's Nate and Rachel came to my house in matching Longmont Potion Castle shirts uh, <laughs> because you guys haven't seen each other all day. So it was yeah, just like. He got dressed first. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So it's like a uniformed podcast crew uh, coming to my apartment to talk about Kofi Kingston today. Also part of a uniformed crew. Exactly. We did it. Good segue. <laughs> Good segue. So yeah, we're talking about Kofi specifically because we are, but when this comes out, we're going to be right on the, uh, the cusp of mania. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to think of like an extremely commentary ass way to say it. Like, <laughs> oh wow. The winds have changed. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have well, the road. We're, we're edging up to the we're, end of the road for WrestleMania. Edging the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> We've put, I'm trying to think of all the metaphors they mix. We put the pedal to the metal, uh, and we sped down the road of WrestleMania and we are almost at our destination. We put in the elbow grease on the single tire of our unicycle. Yep. To WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're actually, we, we've kind of covered 
a lot of the stories I think that we as people uh, who do this show are interested in in WrestleMania, but we have not covered Kofi yet. And Kofi is having a very interesting 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's someone who people are really excited to see have a very interesting 2019 because he's been in the company for a really long time. 11 years. Yeah. And has always been like really good and very seems to be very well liked by the locker room and like somebody fans have always really liked but has never gotten like a big push so and it's exciting if Kofi does get a title shot um I just looked this up because I am terrible at knowing like what belt is what that's us so <laughs> yeah because I just like don't care about belts I'm sorry I don't care but <laughs> in this case it actually is very significant and important so he is um angling for a shot at the WWE World Championship. That's what Daniel Bryan has. And if he does win it at Mania, he will only be the third black world champion in the history of the whole company. So there was The Rock and there was Booker T and that's it. We've sort of talked about him before on our New Day episode. Right. But I think Kofi's actual career was accidentally very exemplified by when uh, our guest on that show, Chris Cubis, said... Uh, marry, fuck, kill. Right. And he said no one chooses marry or fuck for Kofi. Right. People, everyone always kills Kofi, which is so sad because he's great. Yeah. And we felt bad about it at the time. Yeah, we were like, oh no, Kofi. But guess <laughs> what? It's, it's Big, Big E is going to be everyone's fuck, but he might get rotated into the marry, which is nice. I think, I do think I would, yeah, he might be there. I like, I like Xavier Woods, but I feel like I kind of like Kofi more. <sighs> I really like Xavier Woods, but I could see Xavier Woods giving off insane Marvel movie fan energy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's a gamer and that's like a problem for me. I no more gamers. I'm not dating another gamer. Oh, are gamers your comedians? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just talking about this last night, too. Yeah, because I was drunk, obviously. So I was talking about how I'm I'm not dating gamers anymore. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done with gamers. Um, but yeah, like, so we covered the new day part of Kofi's career in that episode a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, he didn't get a lot of focus cause we were both like Big E is like the funniest person in the world. Like I, it's really hard to shine when you have to stand next to Big E. It's, I don't think it's just the gimmick. I think they really do want to like push each other Absolutely. to like, cause they, they clearly like each other a lot. Yeah. There, I, I've heard rumors. I don't know if this is true, but, uh, someone in our discord said this the other day that like, they have said that if they knew it gets broken up, that they'll quit, like that they'll be done. Like they, that it's that important to them to work together. That might be like a kayfabe rumor, but I want to believe it. That's solidarity. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but I mean, like, you do see them, like, obviously they're going to cheer for each other because they're, you know, a tag team. But they you, they clearly are so happy for his push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before we get into that, though, let's start at the beginning of Kofi Kingston and work our way to the present. Yes, mom. Because <laughs> that's is... the only time I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like we said, he's been in the company a long time and he has been through a, an interesting uh, evolution. <laughs> Because when he started, uh, he was Jamaican for some reason. <laughs> Despite not being Jamaican, he is uh, Ghanaian, Ghanaian from Ghana. Yeah. Um, 
went to school. I went to Boston College. I grew think. up in Boston. Grew up yeah. in Boston. Yeah. So um, he said on like we we listened to a little bit of his appearance on Talk Is Jericho, and I think he said his dad like works at a, a college in Boston. Yeah. Like no, that. I think it was. His, it may have been his mom. Doesn't okay. really matter. Uh, but yeah. So not Jamaican is our point. <laughs> And just black. Yeah, just black. <laughs> and like Kofi. So Kofi is his real name. Yeah. Which is a Ghanaian name, not yeah. a Jamaican name. Yeah. Like it's just there are a lot of interesting things about it. But yeah. So we watched his uh, like debut vignette. <laughs> so th- Kofi's Jamaican promo. It's like on a beach. And he's like, again, I'm not going to do it. But he's like, this is Jamaica. This is my home. I run on this beach every day. It's so weird, but then it's, it's also like clearly Miami. Well, it's they're like he's like this is Jamaica, this is the beach, this is my home, and then they cut to like white people on the beach, which is like yeah, I like yes, there are white people in Jamaica, but like n- most of them are not like from Jamaica. <laughs> like, yeah, and all those white guys were clearly from Boston in the promo, right. and he's like mad that they're disrupting. Disrupting, I would say. The Irie of the whole thing. Well, there's that. But then even before that, there's just stock footage of like white people running on a beach. And it's like, what? This is not like, what are you saying? This is my home. And then cutting to people that clearly don't live there. It's like a fucking like comic, like an ad from a 1950s comic book about the 98 pound weekly and getting sand kicked in his face. Like it's exactly that. Yeah. And uh, he basically... Kofi like stops it like what happens the guy threatens the other like allegedly skinny one they both look like they look the same buff dudes <laughs> yeah they like buff white dudes clearly just like random wrestler dudes like yeah they're both like <laughs> dudes from Boston like very clearly um and he's like oh I'm gonna kick sand in your face and Kofi you just hear like yeah noises and then Kofi has his head sticking out of the sand and was like uh you do not do that on my beach or whatever he says well this is what's really funny to me so before he uh he sees the guys and he says there's trouble in paradise and then he like like buries the dude in sand and then he says you know what they say sometimes there's trouble in paradise and it's like (laughs) is they you like you just said that like what are you talking about it's so weird i just love the way he talked about it on Tog's jericho which is that he just did it in a development class and then was like fuck (laughs) yeah Also, Jericho was like, Jericho was like, uh, did you like practice? Did you like, um, you know, like get any accent coaching or like watch anything with Jamaican people talking? And he was like, all I did was listen to Damian Marley. Welcome to Jam Rock. really funny he was like no i did nothing you can hear everyone crying about it (laughs) all the other new day dudes are like dying (laughs) yeah it rules i should listen to that full episode i bet it's really good it's it probably is yeah i don't think i've heard that one um but yeah he said that um so not only did he get stuck with that because he was like doing it in developmental and they were like you're jamaican now (laughs) um vince told him he had to do every kayfabe thing (laughs) with the accent which like sucks yeah yeah, like, I can't imagine having to do that all the time. I, I think Jericho makes a really interesting point, too, that, like, um, I, I, you know, it's it seems obvious, but it's something that you don't really think about. But, like, even with these pre-written promos in WWE, like, you have to be very, you have to think on your feet and you have to react in character to what's going on. And so it's not even like he's playing a role 
with a Jamaican accent, it's like, if that's your character, like you're so limited because you have to do that all the time. Like you have to genuinely react with a fake Jamaican accent. Like you have to think on your feet <laughs> and like improvise yeah. and, and like speak off the cuff extemporaneously with this very unnatural accent that he is like not good at. Like the way I view it is he's not playing a Jamaican. He's playing an impression of a Jamaican. Right. And right. he's, very funny at it. Like you can see, maybe this is me projecting it, but you can see in his face that he realizes the absurdity of the whole thing. Totally, totally. And he knows it's like ridiculous, but yeah. he's just going with it because it's what's getting him on TV. It also helps that he's like very hot. Like that's I've, true. I've especially like in this early stuff, I'm like, damn, like he's a babe, <laughs> which I feel like again makes him uh, like he's a very charismatic person anyway. Yeah. But like when you're hot and charismatic, it bumps up your charisma quite a bit. So like he's hot and he has a nice smile and he's smiling at the camera doing a dumb fake Jamaican accent. <laughs> and he seems like he's having a good time. And because a hot person's having a good time, I, the viewer, am also having a good time. Now, before we get into this, I feel like it's probably important for us to say, because like it does give us the giggles, but I think we're giggling because it's a lot easier than confronting like how racist this is yeah i mean it's definitely pretty uncomfortable to have somebody's gimmick just be a nationality and that gets extra uncomfortable when the nationality is tied to a race or ethnicity and that is not theirs yeah yeah for sure that is not theirs but it's like I think it's worth pointing out because like there are some comparisons with like Santino Morella, but it's different to do to like the one African dude on the roster. To yeah. be like, you're something else. The other thing too is that it it the gimmick is basically just that he's like a happy, friendly Jamaican guy. And WWE seems to have a history when they don't know what to do with a black male performer who they don't want to be bad. They're just like, your gimmick is that you smile a lot. And like, that's kind of fucked up too. Yeah, I mean, just like having the intro video be, I, as a representative of Jamaica in WWE, am establishing that Jamaicans are here to help white people out while they're <laughs> yeah. on a cruise. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not good. It's not great. He's stuck with this accent for fucking a while. That story he told on Talk is Jericho about like some reporter calling his mom. <laughs> he got exposed by the BBC and his mom gave him up. <laughs> and he was like, no, mom, I thought I told you about kayfabe, which is very cute. Yeah. It's adorable. Yeah. But like, yeah, some journalist busted him and apparently that's how he got out of it. He said, right. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember if it was like around no, the time or later. No, it was that he was like, Vince, I'm so sorry. They found me out. And Vince was like, oh, the people online don't care. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good Vince. Thank you. Like, it needs a little work, but I'm getting there. It's uh, uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone was like, it's it's Frank Oz. Like, it's Yoda. That's who, that's who Vince sounds like. So, yeah, if you can do Frank Oz, you can do Vince. But anyway. <laughs> I wish I could credit that. I can't remember who pointed that out. I think it might have been... Um, I wish Frank Langella could play Vince in a movie. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, it's Frank Oz and it's uh, Nixon. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the intersection of those two is is where he's where he's at. He's that it's, Venn diagram. It's weird because like I don't think he used to sound like that. He goes to Vince and is like, I got, and Vince was like, don't worry about it. People online don't matter. And then they were like, oh, you can let go of it. 
Yeah, like a little while later. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we watched, and, and the way they decided to make him not Jamaican was just to have him not be Jamaican and then have Triple H go, hey, weren't you Jamaican? And then it was never referenced again, and he just wasn't Jamaican anymore. It's kind of actually really good writing in how simple it is. It's very galaxy brain uh way out of your problem but yeah so he gets to drop the uh jamaican gimmick like two years in i think but he for two whole years had to like he said that um on talk is jericho which i thought was really funny that he and santino morella were stuck in the same position right and we're like like no one else understands us like no one else understands our pain like we have to we're playing characters like everybody else but also we have to do these stupid acts imagine we're like like, trapped in them being four o'clock in the morning in the airport and some little kid runs up to you and is like kobe kingston kobe (laughs) kingston and you're like yeah (laughs) and you have to do it oh Oh, god it's so bad well thankfully they release him from his hell (laughs) and uh he does get like a little bit of a singles run yeah uh, before before he's with the new day like a very years B- later a very b-list singles run but nonetheless a singles run yeah um so the first thing we watched of his that was a match we watched him versus christian i think this is like right after he stopped being jamaican um it's also worth noting though that like he did stop being jamaican but they didn't change his trunks they didn't change his trunks they didn't change his entrance music which is like a reggae influenced like i actually think his re- entrance song isn't that bad i, I kind of like it yeah yeah for like cfo right sure it's not the worst uh it could have been a lot worse um but yeah so we watch him versus christian and he still has like he has this like dreadlock juggalo guy on his trunks on his butt yeah he has a beach sprite a beach sprite i like that (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the only way you can like describe it without getting into like icky stuff uh but i also i normally what i noticed during his entrance in this match is normally like when i see a guy in like looser pants i'm like oh that's a territories guy and i bet he has bad opinions that i don't want to talk to him about (laughs) or it's that's a territories guy like when i usually see like baggier pants like that i think of like that's what you think of sabu or like tommy dreamer or something like that and he has those but they look better on him and i don't know if it's that they're slightly more fitted they're better colors or he's just like a hot person Mm. i feel like it's probably all three yeah uh christian to me like first of all i'm glad you finally got to see him wrestle because i know you're a fan of his television program i absolutely (laughs) love tim and eric for dads (laughs) yeah by dads (laughs) by dads for dads um so yeah i i like christian i think he's a good wrestler um but also yeah i think he's like really hot and he's really hot in like a very specific way to me christian reminds me of the hot older road comics that used to come through Austin when I was like starting comedy and uh, they would be like friends with like some older person in the scene that I thought was cool because they'd like done some festival together or whatever. Yeah. And I was always like a little intimidated by them, um, but also thought they were like babes and was just like, like, wow, they're, they're living the dream. Like they're touring for comedy. Like that's Christian looks like all of them. Like, Older guy who's still like Austin comics are hotter than New York comics is what you're saying. Well, it's not. They're not Austin <laughs> comics. It's they come through town. Yeah, they're like okay, from other yeah. places, and they do a weekend at the comedy club. Yeah, like just something about, especially him in like regular clothes, like not gear. He like dresses like all those guys. Okay, like, I just feel like he's gonna do. Like I could see him on stage doing like 
self-deprecating bits about his marriage like that's the vibe so that's where i'm at yeah 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 (laughs) i can see christian saying so that's where i'm at and me being like wow he's so cool like (laughs) (laughs) that's like the kind of hot he is to me he like brings up those sense memories i would like to say he has the legs of a beautiful middle school girl (laughs) he has skinny calves he has again like i've just said i do think he is very attractive so please don't take this the wrong way uh he has the flattest butt of any wrestler I've ever seen. Like, it's crazy. I'm like, how do you lift people if you have that small of a butt? It's all abs. It's got to be. I or guess. Arms. Just, yeah, like really good core strength. I mean, he is in good shape. Like, he's older in this, but like, he is in good shape. He just like, it's, you, people either have butts or they don't, I guess. But like, it's crazy flat. It's so weird. Like, you never <laughs> see that on a wrestler. Very strange. Yeah, that match is good. Yeah. And the commentary also has something that I immediately wrote down when it happened. Because, like, during the match, he, like, either, like, bumps his lip or, like, bites the inside of it. He has, like, a little bit of blood on his lips. Yeah. And then one of the commentators says, and I wrote this down, uh, Christian wearing the wounds of war. To what sacrifice will these great superstars go? <laughs> that rules. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty good match. Um, Kofi, I feel like you get a sense of like his strengths here of like he's incredibly graceful and he's really um, like good at flippy stuff. And and like his balance is really good and he can jump really high. Like I really like when they first start the match. I noticed something right away, which is that it's a it's a measure of his smoothness because like a lot of this stuff is sort of like utilitarian in nature because they have it, you know, structured of like, we're going to do this and then I'm going to do that and then we're going to do that and maybe some other stuff will happen and then you'll get the pin and I'll whatever. But I noticed when they get into the match, Christian gets him in a hold, but he shimmies down to the ground to try and reverse it on him. Mm -hmm. And on a lesser and on, on a less talented performer, it would look like he was just kind of transitioning to a move, but he makes it look like he's just trying to like crawl into the next thing and it works for the character. Yeah, I was pretty impressed because like I know Kofi is as like a mostly known for being like a very aerial dude. Like, yeah, he does a lot of top rope stuff. Um but like the chain wrestling at the beginning of this is like pretty good. It's, yeah, like the the holds and stuff they're doing at the beginning, like you know, it's that's usually opening a match like that. It's not the big like pop the crowd stuff, but like, yeah, they do a really good job at it. And they sometimes it people, yeah. And sometimes people kind of sleepwalk through that part. Cause it's like, okay, we have to do this to like set the tone and then we get to do the big showstopper stuff later. But like, yeah, they made it feel very realistic and intentional and exciting. I thought, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. And uh, Kofi wins a title in this one, right? Yes, he does. Hell yeah, dude. So he like wins this title a lot. Yeah. He, uh, he's had like multiple title reigns uh, with these like lesser titles. So yeah, it's the Intercontinental, right? Yeah. The Intercontinental and the US one. Okay. Um, which is also funny because like he, they talk about this in the Cesaro match we watched, which was also a title match for uh, the US title. And it was on main event back in the day before main event was like full on shadow realm. Yeah. You can't watch it anywhere. Yeah. Um, it was aired on Ion, I believe, which, as LB put it in the notes, is mostly for SVU re- reruns. I have definitely yeah. seen Ion like exclusively at bowling alleys. Mm. Or, or it's also um, uh, it's it's very much a, a laundromat. Channel. Yeah, I feel like I've seen Ion like I think we got it when I was a kid, but it like it 
it was like lower resolution than the rest of the channels for some reason. Yeah. And there was like a lot of touch by an angel on it. Yeah. It's um, if like we had been a couple years older, it definitely part- would have been part of like the like the bunny ears TV package. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But got- shout out to Ion for airing this match, which was good. And we liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like I, I bring up the U.S. title thing because like they spent a really long time pretending he's Jamaican and then he is. Uh, a U.S. title, like classically the U.S. title, they often have it held by a foreign heel, right? So mm. like Jinder's had it, Cesaro's had it, like Rusev has had it. It's like a very common thing to give to a foreign heel because it's the American the title, title and it's like, how dare you? Nakamura and, got it when he was heel. Yeah. yeah. Like, and people chant USA, USA, USA and it's weird and uncomfortable and yeah. But it's like... A, Love those politics. <laughs> yeah. Love them. But it's like a classic trope of of, uh, of wrestling with that belt. And uh, it's just interesting to me because Kofi used to be Jamaican but in this match and in the promo leading up to it and on the commentary they keep calling him like a great American success story and he's like I'm bringing the US belt home. Yeah. Like all this stuff and it's just like very ironic because it's like weren't you Jamaican though? Like what are you? Yeah and like <laughs> Cesaro's uh, shirt says uh, very European uber American. Yeah. Which like that cannot be a slogan now without <laughs> it being a Nazi dog whistle. Totally. Like, uh, you can't wear that hat now because like there are real Nazis now. Yeah. Like that are there've always been real Nazis but they're like, you know, a lot more visible now. They post more. They post more. Uh, but yeah, Cesaro's like whole deal. And it's like he's uh he's Swiss. Like he's not supposed to be a, a like fascist looking dude, but he is a foreign heel and that's like what foreign heels do. And uh yeah, it's it's pretty cool that it is um like baby face like it, it is neat to me that they frame it that way where um i like this they, dude from ghana who, yeah he's not born in the u.s but you know grew up here and is like i'm representing the u.s and all of that stuff like that is slightly progressive for wwe to acknowledge which is like i appreciate it they try. I mean, they tried. I guess that's yeah. that's kind of. I have to. Yeah. I have to like put a footnote of I guess on it. Totally. But I do see what you're saying. Um, Cesaro is so fun. He's fun in everything. But he, he's so much fun. But I can't. I have to say that very European uber American is like was almost the marketing sl- slogan for Stella Artois. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cesaro like does this promo before uh, the match starts and he's like he's trying to get the belt back from Kofi. Yeah. And uh, he he's doing like a very classic like peel promo. He's like blaming the audience like you've let me down or whatever like all this stuff. But like I don't know maybe this is just because again he's hot. But like I just like he just seems nice like. I don't know. He seems like he's doing this like angry promo, but it kind of just seems like he's going to start laughing any minute. I think it's also that we know he's nice and we know that he's from like Chikara. That I think that's the thing I wrote down was like, maybe I just think he's nice because he's from Chikara. And like I associate Chikara people with being like sweetie pies. Yeah. Like Chikara <laughs> people are like Solo and Bryce who right. are like <laughs> literal shining stars. Yeah. You know, but no, he seems like he's genuinely nice. <laughs> I feel like he's nice, but like doesn't take it easy on you because he was a trainer. He's like crazy strong. Yeah. This match is nuts because he just like he keeps just like catching Kofi in midair and it's insane. Like, yeah, it's. 
I always forget how big these people are because like in the prior thing where we watch Kofi lose the accent, like Big Show is so fucking big. It's insane. That he makes, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being 5'9", but he makes Triple H look like he's 5'9". Right, yeah, yeah. Triple H is not 5'9". E- exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, so j- I just think about like how, well the thing is, I've actually, no, I've seen Cesaro and he's like solidly 6'2". Yeah. And when he doesn't have like, a shirt off he looks like you know a guy who goes to the gym but doesn't you wouldn't expect cesaro in a shirt to look like he has like a bicep vein yeah 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 but he has several yeah he's like it means he has nuance (laughs) he's very dynamic he's very dimensional he's smart like sonata No. Uh, yeah, like I, this match is like really fucking good. It's like really long. It's like by WWE standards, it's like twenty minutes long. Yeah, all the near falls are great. Um, I believed all of almost all of them. Me too. Yeah, like all the false finishes felt real and and like they could be the end. Uh, and it was like a simple story of like again these two guys who have like very different styles. Like Cesaro's just kind of brute strength. Like can like never gets tired and can kind of like beat the shit out of anybody. And then Kofi's like very graceful, very aerial. And so like Cesaro is targeting his leg so he can't do oh, his flips. Oh, I love the leg stuff. It was so good. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I really liked it. And then at the end, um, the crowd, like they like gave it a standing ovation, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, yeah, this is like a really good match. Good. I'm glad they did. Yeah, it was neat. Happy for crowd. Happy the- for Cesaro. Happy for <laughs> Kofi. There's also a part of the um, commentary where um, somebody says, uh, now Cesaro told me uh, he will not be yodeling tonight. He is getting down to business right away. And it was like, did Cesaro yodel? What? Now we have to do a mini on like Cesaro yodeling. I'm sure we can find it. <laughs> Apparently, I feel like I I would kind of appreciate if he yodeled because like we said, like his whole look is very um, like fashy in a bad way. Like, not it it makes me a little uncomfortable and i feel like if he were to yodel i would feel less like that and i'd be like oh no you're just like a weird swiss cultural emissary and less like a quasi paramilitary guy it was kind of pretty easy for me to say this is 2010 and so i didn't i didn't have as much discomfort with it it was mostly just kind of like if this were a thing now i would have plenty of it yeah 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 and i also think that's again like me being even remotely impressed that they uh have somebody who wasn't born in the u.s talking about how they were like the a pure example of americanness and stuff like i feel like those issues were less charged then and that was just like something that we all fucking agreed on because of course like it's true like yeah, you know what our I mean? brains hadn't imploded exactly yet. like there wasn't this like air of xenophobia that was yeah. so um apparent apparent yeah like obviously it's always been there but like and it was 2010 we were in like i would say the mid levels of birtherism yeah 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 that's that's true so i don't know anyway unresolved hard issue to talk about but i just thought it was interesting yes um but yeah and then the match uh was fucking sweet yeah it was really good i enjoyed it a couple of years after this, he gets linked up with The New Day, which we have covered. And we will link to you in our episodes notes if you haven't listened to it. Um, but then a, some, a wonderful thing happens for Kofi, which is every year at the Royal Rumble, he gets a wonderful spot that is known as the Kofi spot. Yeah. Yeah. Like when um, I think Naomi did it in the Women's Rumble. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's the Kofi spot. <laughs> yeah. Like, kind of funny. But Casey Catanzaro more got it in the Women's Rumble. She had it this year. Yeah. 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 But Naomi had it this year as well. Because remember, she 
jumped off the barricade. Oh, she had the chair last year. That's right. Yeah. I'm blurring these things. Um, But yeah, Kofi every year. For some reason, you're listening to this and you weren't aware of this. Welcome to the show. (laughs) uh, Is that Kofi will always get thrown out of the ring over the top rope in the Royal Rumble in a way where he does not land on his feet or both feet. And it's so much fun. It's very cute. Um, Yeah, there's a good compilation that we'll link to of, of all of his like rumble saves. I think my favorite one is... The most impressive one, I think, is he gets um, thrown onto like the barricade, like by yeah, uh, but like keeps separates the audience from the ring, and he walks along the top of it and then jumps all the way back into the ring, which is like a good distance. That's what I was thinking of Naomi from this year's Rumble because she did something similar. Yeah, she she bounced, she like walked along it like it was a balance beam. Uh, And we were all terrified for her ankle. Yeah, it was really stressful. But like (laughs) Kofi, I feel like the impressive thing there is just like, that's like a really long distance to clear. And it's like, not only do you have to jump that far, you have to jump that far and land decisively so you don't fall off the edge. And like, what do you grab onto? Like, there's just so many variables like I wonder how many times he practiced that I feel like a lot but not as many as we think because if (laughs) you've been doing this for so long and as long as he has you know your body yeah that's very true you know your limitations I feel like what you kind of weirdly have to factor in when you practice is is make sure you have three guys who can scream at you next to you to see if you can remain focused. Yeah. That would be the part that would fuck me up. You can practice it in pure silence. How many times, however many times you want, but like how many people are like screaming for you and could be like grabbing your legs and shit. I do wonder like at what point, um, that be, that is either helpful or harmful because like on the one hand, I feel like you, probably most people who wrestle I think at that level are probably spurred on by the crowd to some extent and like it makes them it makes things hurt less because like your adrenaline's going and your serotonin is firing and all this stuff because there are people chanting your name and like you're performing like that rush of performance can really help you in those situations but at the same time it can also be incredibly distracting if you need if you need sort of like laser point focus so yeah i do wonder about that i feel like in the earlier kofi spots yes but now it's just like okay what am i gonna do this year put yeah. my foot on a pancake Great. yeah that was sweet i like the pancake one and that then I was liked... my first kofi spot so it has a lot of meaning to me yeah yeah i liked that one and i like that they launch him over gender that was very funny gender's huge gender's too. Really big. <laughs> so that's fun i really liked the one where he landed on his hands and walked yeah, that was the first one, I think. Yeah. That was really impressive. Crazy. And yeah. then Casey Catanzaro basically did the exact same thing. Right. But it feels not crazier, but different because she's five foot nothing. Right. She's like closer to the ground, which is like totally not fair, but it, it does seem less dramatic. Like, than yeah, yeah. A pretty tall, big dude doing it. I really like the way they sort of like do a ridiculous one and then are like, oh, we have to go understated this year for the Kofi spot. So instead you have like a dramatic zoom in on like his feet dangling. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I he like does the like chair a good, one. The chair the, spot is good. Yeah, he gets thrown onto like the announce. No, he's on somebody's back. 
right? And then he gets like dropped. And then on he the, dropped. He gets dropped onto it onto the announce table, and then he makes like Michael Cole give him his chair. Yeah, and he hops back on the chair. Yeah, it's and it's great. really good. <laughs> and everyone's just like, you can see everyone kind of like look up for a second in the ring to be like, oh, he's back. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's kind of like if you ask somebody pre this recent push. Like, what's Kofi Kingston's deal? They would be like, he's great. He's part of the New Day. They're really fun. He does the cool rumble spots. Like, that's kind of all they would say. Poor Kofi. Well, I'm glad that he's gotten a chance to, like, be a little more dimensional lately. Yeah. So that's where we sort of catch up to now. Yeah. Which is that... um, Now, the breakdown of this is that it was supposed to be Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali at WrestleMania, right? I don't know if the plan was Ali versus Brian at Mania, but I know that the initial push that has gotten us to where we are now was intended for Mustafa Ali, and then he got injured. And so it, it was like, it, I think it was that Mustafa Ali was supposed to be an elimination chamber, mm, and then he got injured, and they put Kofi in instead. And then okay. people responded so positively to this like storyline and this push that it's been gaining momentum. I'm sensing a pattern for this year's WrestleMania and probably many other WrestleManias that I will eventually watch of like, they didn't expect this and they just kind of went with it. Like that's Becky's whole year. Yeah. Um, and like that's, I'm sure there's other matchups in it too that are like similar, like, well, they like it. So let's fucking go with it. But I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like at least in kayfabe, maybe in reality, Daniel Bryan kind of handpicked Mustafa Ali yeah i i don't know but like the fact that mustafa ali has gone from 205 live to like main roster like big match contender is pretty like impressive yeah and, uh, he's really really good i hope he gets uh i assume he's recovered from injury at this point or? yeah I, i'm not sure i think he's still injured but like the thing that i think about is like and i think the reason that this like Kofi thing is making a lot of people really excited is like Mustafa Ali like will get a turn like he's young yes he has not been in the company all that long people love him people adore him but like he'll have other Wrestlemania's like he'll be around especially if they've put all this faith in him like and he clearly can deliver he's a great wrestler so like he'll have a chance like it's the timing sucks it sucks that the push fell apart for him because of it but like Kofi's been in the company for so long who knows how long the rest of his career will be. Uh, like, it's really exciting that he's getting this opportunity. And I do think it's interesting that this year, two of the things that people are most excited about are these storylines that were developed in response to fans being really into them, which is like, not unheard of, but like WWE, is, if especially in the last couple of years, is sort of notorious for not doing what fans want them to do. Hence the whole like saga of Roman Reigns. Poor Roman. Yeah. So like, I do think it's really interesting. That there's like grassroots support for this stuff. You want to know I'm terrified of? What? That they're going to let these things get to mania and they're going to not give audiences either of these yeah to be like how dare you ask for things right right i'm terrified (laughs) i'm terrified but that being terrified like that makes you watch like yeah it adds stakes to it like you don't know if they're gonna give you what you want and that's like what's exciting you know this match and the becky match at mania is why i'm bringing a like several tea bags to Splania Mania because I know I'm going to scream. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, he was at Elimination Chamber and people loved it. And then 
we uh he lost at fast lane yeah i haven't been uh, honestly like i should have done more research for this part because i haven't been watching a ton but i know that um it's like they keep sort of teasing this that like he wants a title shot and he keeps getting put in these like multi-man matches i think it's just a literal litmus test of like should we do this okay we're doing this Mm. Um, and like, it's weird that they are a market, they market tested again with this most recent thing we watched of like this gauntlet on, um, SmackDown as of recording this week. Yeah. So, um, that I think is really interesting. And I want to talk about like the, so last week on SmackDown, there was a promo that like the new day guys did with Vince McMahon, basically arguing for the fact that Kofi should get a title shot at mania. Yeah. Like then that's like the big prize in there. And they're basically like, it has a very worked shoot vibe to it. Like, it seems like they are legitimate um, complaints, like whether they're legitimate or not, they are complaints that the new day could conceivably have, which is basically like, look, we are loyal company men and you don't give us these opportunities like you're we're fun and you like us but like we don't get to contend for these yeah and they sell so much merch yeah which is also a really funny angle to the feud with daniel bryan where he's like (laughs) yeah all this wasteful bullshit that you people buy from these new day guys like that's very funny let them fucking sell bunko pops come on (laughs) you do too daniel i'm will probably still try to find a replica of your very funny belt um (laughs) But this promo was interesting, too, because um, maybe maybe this is maybe I could be very, very wrong on this. I feel like the way the New Day cut this promo was very intentional because they don't say and I feel like it was actually done by them on the fly. They don't say there have not been very many opportunities for black people, because if someone in the writer's room had done that. WWE is not known for its subtlety. Yeah. And I feel like that was the way that they approached it. And I'm, this is just in, in the time I have been observing them, I feel like they have like picked their battles of Mm -hmm. like, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to comment on, you know, Mm -hmm. so going forward. Um, so the way Kofi says it specifically is that there haven't been very, very many opportunities for people like us. Yeah, I think and he you says he says Vince's brain like going like <laughs> into like figuring out what he's saying. Yeah. So he says he says people like me. Yeah. People like me. And um, it is intentionally vague what people like me means it, it, in the context. Like it's very clear that to the audience that he means black people. Yeah. But rhetorically speaking, he could mean people who are loyal to the company. Yeah. Like he could mean all this other stuff. WWE likes to make money. Yeah. And they are a very regressive company in a lot of ways. And they have not allowed a lot of people of color to, um, ascend to sort of the highest ranks of, of the company, particularly black people. Um, but they also know that it is 2019 and stories about, people of color achieving yeah. are very feel good media stories. And I think that they are willing to sort of half acknowledge their racism the same way that they are willing to half acknowledge their sexism mm. to get headlines and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, I think it is, if it is intentional, I think it is very intentional that he said 
people like me and not black people. I don't think they would come out and say it all the way. I feel like what they're doing is trying to have their cake and eat it too. I think Stephanie McMahon understands that identity politics sells t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that said, like, yeah, I really want them to have a fucking black champion. I want Kofi to win the title. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, that's the other thing is that we can sit here and be cynical about it. But like, I want it so bad. I can feel the hair on my arms rising. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Can you see it? My God. (laughs) But like, I also, the other uh, thing about this promo is like looking at Vince standing upright in 2019 is like, oof. (laughs) Like, have you ever heard that anecdote about um, when uh, FDR was on the campaign trail for Mm -hmm. his first uh term and he had like four um his campaign advisors um didn't want people to know that he had a limited use of his legs because he had polio so they would like put him in braces and stand him up on a train and then kind of cart him back Mm -hmm. um i think about that and i think about like how does vince mcmahon get into the ring yeah <laughs> he just because we've talked he seems very stiff he like is, his whole body looks like it hurts kind but of. like like fdr to like being on the train is also kind of how i feel about like vince to being alive yeah <laughs> like they sort of just like put him back into the chamber it's weird. and then they let fdr sit in the chair it's weird because like he's not that old i don't think he just like seems like he's lived forever like he seems like an immortal presence he has lived longer than his soul deserves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like, I I think it's interesting because I do think like he obviously Vince McMahon is willing to be a heel and the company WWE is willing to be sort of a malevolent thing that keeps its baby faces held down because like this Kofi story is a real echo of the Daniel Bryan story, which is why it's fun that he's fighting Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder um, what Daniel Bryan impressions of being on the other side of that story are like that must be really interesting i um so yeah what i also think is interesting about this angle is like the daniel bryan current heel character is like we have discussed with each other and in like on twitter and stuff that we like fucking love it it's really funny it's really funny it's really good he's right yeah so what I think is interesting about this angle, and this is just, I, it's probably, I don't know if it's intentional or not, you know, like Kofi was the filler and then they are, he's giving this, getting this they're push now. It, yeah. They're running with it. Is that um, the way they are developing the Kofi story is Vince says, and Vince like is just kind of like, you're a beat boss man. Yeah. Um, but then Kofi says, you know, I'm so grateful for this company. It has allowed me to raise my child. I have gotten many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I want to earn it. And it's very like bootstraps. Um, totally. And like, it's kind of undercutting the people who are like yeah he's a, yeah daniel bryan's a heel but he's right to like fuck you daniel bryan don't take this away from him you pastafarian <laughs> so it's kind of i think you're right in that they're getting to have their cake and eat it eat it too even further and that they get to say like look how bad this man is that doesn't want you doesn't want kofi to be a champion right i mean he wants and, to drag everybody down and like that's i think the way that they also undercut the very real argument that like this company is racist against black people which it is yeah like it is it is extremely like the history of their use of 
particularly black people and the gimmicks they're given and the storylines they're given are like, it's very racist. Like you can't deny that. But I've been sitting here trying to think of like other prominent black people in the company and I'm like terrified at how short I'm coming up. Yeah, there aren't a whole lot. Um, so like I it's you undercut that when when the guy when you have your good guy being like, no excuses, I wanna earn it, which like I know is a babyface thing forever, always, like your hardworking good guy doesn't want a, a buy, doesn't want to get affirmative actioned in, but it also is saying like this argument is not a babyface argument to be making, which is untrue. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes. And going back to that Chris Rock quote you brought brought up about like this is the standards we have to set. He has to fight five guys. Right. It's such a good metaphor for how for and your he, whole point about how you have to be totally, totally exceptional if you're a person of color to get to the point that like white people start at. It's rich for us to say it as two white women, but it would uh, be a betrayal of what we believe if we didn't say it. Yeah. And it's just like it. it's a very like obvious metaphor because he does. Vince McMahon makes him fight in this gauntlet match. That's what happens at the end of this promo with the people like me and everything is uh, Vince says, OK, well, you got to beat all these people if you want your title shot. And uh, the next week on SmackDown, he has a gauntlet match. It's an hour. It's really good. We watched it. So, yeah, he has to fight in order. Seamus, Cesaro, Eric Rowan, um, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, who is, God, I love his theme so much. Yeah. It's so much I fun. love everything about Samoa Joe. He's oh, so and that, I would say that that is like of this gauntlet, that's my favorite fight. Yeah. Is too. him and Samoa Joe. And then Randy Orton, mm-hmm. which I have to say, Randy Orton was awake. Yeah. 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 Randy Orton was awake for this match. I mean, Randy Orton, like, he is, is a really good heel in the sense that I'm like mad every time I have to see him. <laughs> like, that's like, <laughs> Especially like your, I don't know. I feel like I can't totally discount his abilities if like I have genuine like anger at seeing Randy Orton, which he's a bad guy. So like, all right. You know, like the secondary bad guy in the Tarantino movie who doesn't have any funny lines. Yeah, that's totally Randy Orton. That's Randy Orton. He's the dude who uh, pulls the gun in the bar in Inglorious Bastards. (laughs) Yeah. He's that guy. It's, I also think it's interesting that he's sort of the final challenger because uh, there's this like famous clip of um, Randy Orton yelling at Kofi in the ring where um, he like, Randy Orton did, I think he kicked him or something and he was supposed to stay down and he got back up. Yeah. And Randy Orton just starts yelling, stupid, stupid, (gasps) stupid at Kofi while he's like, and it's like not that big a deal. Like he just does a different move and then Kofi stays down because he remembers or whatever. Like, but it's just like very obviously him yelling at Kofi, like shoot, yelling at Kofi in the ring and, uh, be a professional. (laughs) Yeah. My God. So this is your job. Improvise. (laughs) So I just think it's like significant that that's like, the last bad guy he has to fight but it's not the last bad guy he has to fight because the thing is the gauntlet match he beats all those guys it's beautiful it's awesome he takes all these moves uh eric rowan gets dq'd because he uh slams him with a chair and like puts him through the announce table samoa joe does the coquina clutch like all this shit happens to him i wondered how they were gonna do it because the uh the shame is the beginning is like a banger and you expect the beginning to be really quick because you know it's basically a tournament yeah but like the Seamus match is really good and then they like give him a little bit of a break with this is our swing right (laughs) 
Cesaro does the swing. I which fucking is the love best. the swing. It's, it's so, so funny. It's so funny. It's so humiliating. <laughs> it really is. It's very disrespectful. <laughs> but like, I feel like it's also actually great if you're a performer because all you have to do is like get your balance again, and you can like your body, you can get your blood flowing again in places where it's not flowing. <laughs> it's sort of a perfect move. I feel like it's horrible. I would not want to do that. Oh, I feel I, like you're so dizzy at the end of it. I would barf, but I'm also not a wrestler. <laughs> I would true. barf from a mild chest chop. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I was wondering how they would they would like do it and the the DQ I thought was a very good sort of like okay intermission get let him get his breath yeah. for a second. So he beats all those guys and then Vince McMahon's like actually there's one more guy you have to beat after he's like exhausted and the New Day guys have come out came out and hugged him and everything and then he brings out Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan proceeds to beat the shit out of him. Did they like put Daniel Bryan in an even paler machine? Yeah, he looks really pale. Oh, he looks well because he's bad now. So he looks Mm. like sick, sickly, like Bond villain pale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks clammy. He's like vampire Brian now. He also has like what I I do. I I, a a detail I love of this current uh, iteration of Brian is that his hair always looks like my hair looks after I've been in like a light drizzle. Yeah, it's really frizzy. It's super frizzy and gross. (laughs) I know it's like really bothering uh, LB because LB's doing. these recaps oh yeah fan bite which you guys should check out they're very funny um but lb's like really mad at daniel bryan's hair because it's like gross it's disgusting <laughs> i admire the commitment to the character but yeah. again it's also kind of like it's that's always been the interesting like foot in each lane with daniel bryan of like the big daniel bryan push that is so much like the kofi push right now is like yeah you know like WWE is corporate and like occupied Daniel Bryan street and all that shit. And it's like, it's still on WWE. Right. And now it is the other end of that. Right. I mean, WWE is very good at sort of, um, commodifying dissent and like, yep. That's what I think about them trying to have their cake and eat it too, with sort of flirting with the fact that they have a history of white supremacy, uh, but not sort of coming out and saying it in any kind of way that makes them culpable. Yep. It makes it so that they can still celebrate like because Kofi is still a WWE employee and any merch they sell is merch We're that goes to them. Like, also not giving him health insurance. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like as of this recording, we don't know exactly how he's going to get to mania or what he's going to do. I'm really excited for like the next like two weeks for us to find out how. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely got me watching SmackDown, which is like the whole point of this stuff. So, I mean, they've worked me successfully. SmackDown is a better show. Yeah, it is. Um, I also, I watched before this, I watched some of the Kevin Owens uh, talk show that they had him do and was like so happy to see Kevin on TV again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very happy he's back. Um, But yeah, so uh, I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be good. Kofi Kingston is really good at wrestling and Um, uh, he seems like a nice dude. He's officially been elevated into Mary. Yeah. Congrats. (laughs) Fuck you, Xavier Woods. (laughs) You're adorable. Come on the show. I love your dimple. We love you all. We love all of them so much. I, what I want now is uh i want the biggie push to happen yeah he needs a singles push too he's the fucking best Uh, i Um, want him to beef with rusev more two big boys just slapping meat together exactly exactly (laughs) um would you like to do some plugs yeah yeah um thank you guys so much for listening we have a patreon where you can get more of this hot content uh 
all month long. We do at least two bonus episodes a month, sometimes more, sometimes uh, comment, match commentary, sometimes other stuff. You also get episode notes with every episode, linking to all of the stuff that we mention and that we watch. Um, that is patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. We also have a wonderful Discord for our patrons that is a lot of fun. Um, I have two other podcasts, Lie, Cheat, and Steal, and What a Time to Be Alive. Check those out. Um, I'm going to be touring in... New England uh, in early May. So look for those dates as well. Um, and also, if you like this show and you are listening to this episode the day of release, we have a live show in three days. Yeah. It's going to be Splania Mania, uh, Sunday, April 7th at five o'clock. We are going to be uh, maybe watching some wrestling, maybe watching some Kofi. Perhaps. We don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Recovering our asses. Street Fight Radio is going to be there. Street Fight Radio is going to be there. Solo Darling is going to be there. Officer Magnum is going to be there. By the time this comes out, we're probably going to have some more confirmed guests. Hopefully. Uh, I think so. Um, uh, bit ily slash splania mania, right? Bit dot ly slash bit dot ly slash splania Tickets are five dollars. You can get them at the door. We'll have t-shirts. We'll have other merch. It's gonna be a great time. Come through, unless you have a ticket to Mania, in which case I'm mildly jealous. Yeah, have a nice time. Uh, and if you care about voting rights, go to lineinthestreet.com to find a documentary my dad and I made about that. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.